TLC. Yeah! When that robot voice comes in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to TLC. Woo! Especially if you are one of our geeks in Steve Houston's podcast, power you through a workout or a run. Hey, maybe you're uh, maybe you're just lounging by the pool. Maybe you're walking in the beautiful summer air. Maybe you're celebrating the Fourth of July here in the United States. Whatever the case, we're so glad you're joining us for DLC, your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash pod. They are bringing the show to you, supporting the show, making it possible, and in return, they get some cool stuff, including ad-free episodes, a video version of the show on demand, and an entire bonus show we call Paid DLC. Comes out every Wednesday, and we've been joined lately by our friend Lana Bashinsky, who is awesome. The last few episodes have been uh, huge hits. People love it. People love the addition of her to the show, so check that out. Support the show, patreon.com slash Pod. DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, the spell with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis, the guy who's like a firework! <laughs> no? All right. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Um... Coming off your beautiful singing in uh, the Lightyear film cast, I feel mm. like your Katy Perry singing is, uh, what'd you do? You did uh, Gwen Stefani, I think. Spoilers for people that are behind on film cast. You did a nice Gwen Stefani. Uh, and I think stick to Gwen, you know? I think, uh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, you had no doubt who I was doing when I did Katy Perry, though. And I only did one word, you know? I mean, I'll be honest. I, I knew the song, not the singer. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't hate the singer, hate the game. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Hey, it is uh, it is Fourth of July weekend. We're we're recording the show a little bit early because uh, of the holiday, so we're actually recording on July 1st. So happy Canada Day, I guess, uh, as we record this. Uh, but you'll you'll hear this uh, on Fourth of July. We're just recording a little early so we can spend time with our family. So you know. On the off chance oh, that there's wait, breaking what? news between now and then. I, I, I told my family I'm busy all weekend. I, I, have, important, <laughs> well, I have important DLC work to do all weekend. It's, uh, for, it's so that I can spend time with Christian's family. Okay. And <laughs> all right. Hey, we have uh, uh, some fun stuff to talk about, though. Uh, make no mistake. We're recording a little early, but we're still going to have a jam-packed episode full of fun. And we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata. And you're downloadable Christian, but once again, DLC stands for dungarees, lily pads, and comics. Because from the Frog Pants Empire, <laughs> our friend and comic artist, podcast Hall of Fame inductee. What? Mm. It's our buddy Scott Johnson back with us after far too long. Hello, Scott. Hello. It's been a while, guys. Too long, really. Been Probably a, while. a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, I don't like it. 
We should make it more. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it either. It has been far too long. <laughs> How have you been? I've been good. You know, there's uh, a lot going on in uh, the yeah. world, but also in gaming. And I've been super busy trying to kind of keep my head above all the water that's possible to keep your head above. And coming on here is great. I just, you guys reaching out and asking was a treat. So I'm glad I could be here. Well, we are excited to jump right in and uh, talk about all the news that's fit to print. And we do that in Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send comments, questions, your own reviews, whatever you'd like us to know. We'd love hearing from you at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Or, and you could also take part in our communities. We have a subreddit at 5x5dlc.reddit.com and a Discord, which is also 5x5dlc on Discord. Check those out. Become part of the community. Hang out. Talk about stories or whatever you like. It's a fun time. But Scott, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Oh, gosh. Um, Probably... Probably the Nintendo Direct, and probably it being almost entirely third-party focused. Um, yes, we did get a know. sort of mini Nintendo Direct this week, a half an hour, but it was jam-packed with uh, third-party games, as you pointed out. Uh, tons of stuff. I think there's, uh, what, like almost 20 games here. Um, <clears throat> any standouts for you, Scott? We got a, we got a whole bunch of stuff across a, a wide variety of of genres we got uh, various release dates uh stuff that's happening now stuff that's already out stuff that's coming around the bend anything jump out at you well the big the big stuff for me uh weirdly is near automata i didn't expect to uh be excited about that but i've always felt like that game kind of lives in a kind of a zelda kind of game sphere it plays a lot like a zelda game and i've always been a big fan of it and not normally a fan of those kinds of rpgs but that one really does something for me so just hearing that's coming to the switch is exciting but it's not even a new game so it shouldn't be that mm. exciting the other thing was that uh in in light of the announcement that we have a uh, release date for mario plus rabbits spark of hope october 20th 2022 that's a big deal um i love that first game i'm a huge yeah. XCOM fan and i love mario so why not put the two together but my biggest complaint about that first game was that while there were a lot of things that felt like XCOM and felt like a traditional strategic turn-based kind of game, kind of fair. It didn't feel like Mario in between all of that. Mm, it felt like, uh, I don't know, a weird mishmash. And of course, you know, when you put the Rabbids and Mario together, you kind of get that. But uh, word on the street is this is way more Mario than the last one. And that has me all kind of stoked. So, you know, for this aging device, came out in 2017, we're all kind of thinking we'll hear something from Nintendo at some point about a next generation switch or whatever i'm happy to hear that there's cool stuff coming and coming sooner than than later yeah yeah i am right there with you uh very excited about spark of hope uh because i love that first game you're right it anytime you put a laser pistol in mario's hand it feels a little weird it feels yeah. a little weird doesn't yeah. seem like a kind of character that needs to have a laser pistol but there we go yeah uh, and but that first game is so great and i think still underrated um it it is so much fun i love that game and um the fact that spark of hope is coming out uh october 20th C- christian correct me if i'm wrong but 
I don't think we know of any other real big tentpole Switch releases for the fall yet, do we? Uh, Scarlet Violet Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon, yeah. November. Uh, and then the much rumored Metroid Prime uh, 1 re release. Oh, yeah. no. But nothing mm-hmm. official still on that. I think Pokemon is their big their big baller. But I think that this uh, Mario Rabbit Spark of Hope, as Scott mentioned, with the more Mario-esque um, between moments, if you want to call it that. Who knows? Maybe the game will come out and the XCOM stuff is the between moments. <laughs> and like the bulk <laughs> of the game is kind of 3D Mario. I wouldn't think so. Um, based on what they've said and shown, it doesn't appear that way. But with this a little bit more, more traditional Mario-esque stuff, I do think, Jeff, that this game could be bigger than the first, and especially if the fall is a little more open for Nintendo. Right now it's Splatoon, correct, in September, to kind of kick it off, Splatoon 3, and then Scarlet Violet in November, I think? There's Um, your October release, is Mario plus Rabbit Spark of Hope. Yeah, you know, still nothing on when we're going to see that new uh, Breath of the Wild sequel, though. Like nothing official. And um, I think they said uh, not this year, right? And they yeah, say they definitely this delayed past yeah. this year for sure. Yeah, but that's a. I mean, what a eternal bummer it is to keep waiting for that thing. I, I know fans are are stoked about it, but I feel like Nintendo just is tight lipped about their big stuff until it's time, and we yeah. should be used to it. And it's okay. I respect that. I respect yeah. that. I mean, I I feel like uh, these games come out and they're almost always stellar and worth mm-hmm. the wait and you know they take they they bake these things a, a long time you know yeah. and it shows they're tasty tasty treats and they I, should, the I should mention too i was pretty stoked about this pac-man uh world remake thing that they're doing mm. yeah a lot of people i don't know if a lot of people played that original ps1 title or not but i loved that game and i'm usually not much of a like oh let's see what pac-man spins off to this time <laughs> but it was actually really good and no follow-up no sequel none of that and i was always a little bit annoyed by that it's not that big a deal coming from a nintendo conference because it's come it's actually coming to everything so you know right. not a switch exclusive by any stretch but uh I don't want to give it. I don't want to give it short shrift. I think Pac-Man's awesome, and Pac-Man World is a rad game. So looking forward. Yeah, that's to cool. It. It's going to be called the Pac-Man World Repack. Mm-hmm. Kind of clever title. Um, speaking of things that are exclusive to Switch, uh, interestingly, the Return to Monkey Island will be exclusive, at least on the console side. It'll also be coming out on PC, as you might expect. But uh, that Return to Monkey Island game that we, you know, that we just kind of got surprise announced coming this year. Uh, they say will be a console exclusive, at least to start uh, on Switch, which was kind of a big part of this direct as well. That's a game I'm excited about. I'm a Ron Gilbert fan. I suspect you are too, Scott. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm very excited about that. I think, uh, you know, him returning to kind of what his we consider to be his roots. He's done a lot of really cool work in the, in the interim, but um, coming back to this series that's so responsible for so much when it comes to like that entire genre is super exciting. I know there's a lot of controversy about the art style and whether it's, you know, works for enough people or enough fans or whatever. Mm, I think it looks rad and I'm super excited to see, uh, you know, what they, some of the modern sensibilities they might bring to the series, but I don't know. To me, it feels like we're getting it back to its roots and, um, you know, Nintendo, it's a bit of a get to have the at least timed exclusivity on this thing for, for consoles. Yeah. Pretty, pretty surprising actually. I, I thought, um, a game I'm very much excited about. Uh, Christian, any uh, any standouts for you from this list? Of uh, There's a whole bunch of games they announced in this mini direct. They were back to back to back. Any standouts for you? I think you've hit the, the, the big ones. I do want to point out for our audience that the 
live a live. No, just kidding. Live alive. Uh, <laughs> live alive. Live alive. Live a live. Uh, that demo is out now, and it's another example of on Switch. I think they've done a really good job of releasing demos for some of these meteor RPGs or just other properties that maybe might maybe don't seem to have the buzz behind them, despite great pedigree and and, and this, of course, um, a game that people had been looking for a new version of for quite some time, but it's not a Final Fantasy game per se. Um, but that demo is out and it's the pro- uh, your progression carries over. And I love stuff like that. Like, well, I think I'm going to talk about as my story, something else happening uh, very soon where your progression does not carry over. <laughs> yeah. And I always think it's nice when you introduce a demo and you're and it's meaty and you're able to get into it and play it and have that progress carry over into the main game. And so I wanted to point that out to folks who had their eye on that game and maybe um, wanted to see a little bit more of it. You can play it. And if you love it, you'll pick up right where you left off after you pick up the the full thing. And then the biggest thing, I think, to me, the biggest surprise out of this is Nier and it being the, the actual game and not yeah. a cloud version or something like that. I'm curious how it will run. I, I realize that it is a 2018 2019. I mean, it's an older game, but it's beautiful. You know, it is a little sparse in its open world and stuff. It's not, you know, Grand Theft Auto five density or something like that. Um, but it's pretty. It, it's um, I really like the art direction and the world that it builds. And I hope it runs well on Switch because it's a heck of a game. And I think handheld is a heck of a way to play it because you have I technically haven't really beat it because you haven't beat it until you got all 26 endings or whatever it <laughs> right. is. Yeah. And I think Switch is a great way to pick up and you know put down and keep diving into that world over and over and over again. Uh, a couple of other surprises that I want to uh, point out. Portal is coming to oh, Switch, yeah. <laughs> which is, I guess, kind of you know, better late than never, I guess. It's but, yeah, uh, it's there. It's, it's out. It's one of the stealth launch. Yeah, it was one of the ones that, yeah, it was dropped right as the uh, they announced. So uh, Portal Companion Collection. Uh, interesting. Uh, I guess it, there's probably tons of people that just, you know, didn't play those games and now can play them on Switch. I feel like Switch would be a great console to play Portal on. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, I... For me, the the standout game that I didn't know about before the direct uh, is a game called Blanc or Blank Blanc, um, which has a, a beautiful uh, black and white uh, visual style. It's kind of these um, these animals that you are uh, interacting with. It looks very artistic and and indie. Um, really cool little trailer. Uh, so that game popped up on my radar as one to watch. B-L-A-N-C, uh, spelled like the the star of Knives Out or the main character of Knives Out. <laughs> Investigator right. Blanc. The, um, one that, the one that threw me was this Harve- Harvestella game. Uh-huh. Um, just because, I don't know, like it, part of it looks like straight uh, Final Fantasy fair, you know, like yeah. a bunch of fantasy. It looks like that style and everything. But you're also... You know, you're farming, you're pulling carrots out of the ground. Yeah. And um, I don't know, that kind of speaks to me. I'm kind of a fan of what I call chore core games where are you? it's kind of jobs, you know, like I love Shipbreaker is one of my favorite things right now. We'll talk about that later. I love, 
a house flipper. I love, I love some of these games. I don't, you know, they're not my like mainstays, but I like a game where they make me do menial tasks. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. But when you gamify it properly, I think there's something there. And so I, this has my interest. I'm a little nervous about it. It's a, it's a really weird combo, but I'll probably try that game. We'll see. It's so it interesting to me because, uh, I am the exact, uh, opposite of that because I, <laughs> there was a number of games back to back. I think uh, Harvestella, um, the uh, that, by the way, award for for longest title of a video game in a long time. Uh, Doraemon Story of Seasons, Friends of the Great Kingdom. Yeah, <laughs> like whoa, that's a mouthful. But that was another one where it's like, oh, and also you're farming. You do all the stuff, but also you're farming. I have never. <laughs> I just can't get into the. As soon as they show farming in a game, I'm like, oh, really? Do I have to? Yeah, have it's to? a. It sort of depends on implementation. I feel like uh, mm-hmm. Stardew Valley was a pretty decent attempt at it, but I always say, if people don't like Stardew Valley, if you don't like Animal Crossing, you're probably not going to ever like any of these things. But if you have, you know, like a passing interest in in <laughs> chore core at all, then occasionally something will will crop up. Like I remember. Last year, one of my favorite games ended up being this gas station simulator, which was just literally you go finding this old Route 66 gas station that was all dilapidated and garbage and you had to fix it up and, you know, sell to customers and get gas delivered. And for some reason, the guy that delivered the gas looked like Elon Musk, which was weird. (laughs) Um, But anyway, the game was this odd indie chore core thing that just sucked me in for, I don't know, tens of hours at least. And then I bounced off and I moved on to something else. But I don't know what that says about me. It's a weird thing because I don't think. I, I don't think I am actually supposed to like these, but for some reason I get sucked into them kind of hard. <laughs> well, you are not alone because there is an entire, as you kind of mentioned, there's an entire subgenre. Uh, I see it all the time on Steam of these of these games where it's like, do someone else's real job, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I play video games <laughs> so I don't do a job, you know. Like I don't want to be doing a job, but it's it, you know the the. Uh, you're you're a trucker you're a you're a school bus driver you're a you're a handyman you're it's like man all these things that i would never uh, you know and i actually have i don't know i mean i've been playing other people's jobs for years first it was jordan versus bird then it was you know madden just the game you might like is uh, i don't know if you've seen i think it's an early access it's called modern midwestern farmer and it's just a first person shooter it's a gory it's it's the reverse it's like you show up and it's just alien it's you know there's no farming in it at all actually yeah, it's just uh, it's a misnomer it's, yeah totally yeah, these th- these games are are very successful and they do well and and so i'm i feel like i'm the outlier that doesn't uh it doesn't enjoy I think maybe them. you just there just hasn't been one that's grabbed you yet like yeah. i found one of the ones that really got me into it was a game a, a very small game on steam called mech mechanic simulator and i thought wait a minute you're telling me i can take like mechs like you know battle tech looking big big mechs and like take them apart and fix them and sure enough that's exactly what that game is it's like <laughs> here's this here's this world in the future where there's everyone's always at war with giant mechs uh, but your job is to be this garage where they send the mechs to you and you tear them apart and find out why that part in its one left leg isn't working. And then you got to dig in there and find the replacement, buy it on a little auction house thing and then put the part in and send it on its way. There's something about that loop that I think may be that might be the primordial ooze that got me going and uh, haven't, That's you know, so every time amazing. one pops up, I just kind of get curious. At least I don't always play them all, but I always get a little curious. You know, I'm looking I, at mech tactics and repair here on on. on- <laughs> 
Steam. Uh, it's so funny. <laughs> Mech, a giant robot equipped with weapons and guns. What's the most exciting thing you can do? I fix it when it breaks down. Yeah, fix it. <laughs> or they'll, sometimes they'll request you paint it. Sometimes you have to wash it, power wash it when it gets there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, like it's, a, it's, it's ridiculous when you try to explain it. <laughs> but the gamification of that stuff, I mean, basically they just ripped off Car Mechanic Simulator, which is a very similar mechanics anyway in terms yeah. of what you do in the game. But they just said, well, what if it was that, but with giant mechs? And when those two worlds collide, you know, I at least had to poke my head in. I just didn't expect to get kind of hooked on it. I, I always see these during like Steam summer sales and stuff. And I'm, I'm just scrolling through what, everything that's on sale. And there'll be like some like, th- there's like just a power washer game where you like, yeah. just point a hose at the side of a barn and strip the paint off the thing. <laughs> like, yeah, I have that people, game. And then, it's amazing. I, it's an amazing game. <laughs> I look at the reviews and people are like, oh, this is so soothing and so zen. I'm like, ah, that's that's awesome. I, I love that people are making these kinds of games. It's just, you know, I just never have never been drawn to them. Sure. Uh, sure. Very cool. I do feel like perhaps we'll look back at this a decade later or maybe further. And I think there is something uh, cultural about where we are in the world right now. Kind of like, you know, body snatcher movies in the 50s or, you know, zombie movies in the early aughts and stuff like that. Where, like, as a society, I I would speculate that there's something about being able to take control over something mm. and accomplish a task and make the world a better place <laughs> when we're living in this cacophony of chaos where it's like, no, 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 I can fix this mech <laughs> and get it back out there. And yeah. There's there may be something to that. to that. There's a real sereneness to the simplicity of it. I, you know, you always hear about people who spent their entire career being a lawyer or something, and they're just like in New York. I haven't, I haven't just... met them yet. I don't know anyone. <laughs> exactly, but but they're you know, it's it's just constant. You're in over your head kind of work, and then suddenly you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy a farm in Vermont, and I'm going to make yeah. jelly all day or whatever. Right. And then that, and there's just like the simplicity to take this, put it into that, put it over there, done. Right. Do it yeah. again, do it again, do it again, done. Like there's something about that that is soothing when, you know, when the rest of the world is kind of chaos. So I think you're, I think you're onto something, Christian. I actually do think that's true. Very cool. Well, uh, that, uh, there are a whole bunch of other games announced during that uh, Nintendo Direct Mini, but uh, a lot of them, you know, ports, it's it's kind of what, what Switch has been doing. It's it's uh, ports or older games uh, or indie stuff. Uh, as Scott mentioned, all third party uh, we got another view of that Disney Dreamlight Valley, which is also sort of Disney's way of just like hang out, make the world better, just yep. mix it up, but with all the Disney characters. Um, so yeah, uh, lots lots of stuff to dig into there. Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? There are two that I think are super fascinating. Um, that if we have time, I'd love to kind of touch on uh, at least a little bit. The one I want to start with, if I'm picking one, and I have to pick one, it is um, one of my favorite games of was that last year when it came out. Um, getting one of my favorite modes that it did not launch with, and that is that Halo Infinite is getting its campaign co-op in beta. Starting July 11th, it's only going to run for, I believe it's 10 days. I wrote it down somewhere so that I could actually look at it and not get this wrong. Yep, 10 days, July 11th through July 22nd. It is open to anyone that owns the Halo Infinite campaign or if you have Game Pass. Um, and the kicker, though, well, one, I guess I should say the cool part is that it's four player, which is awesome. Four player <laughs> campaign co-op. Incredible. 
uh, and that every you're, everybody gets the progress. It's not like I'm jumping into Jeff's game, so I'm not advancing my story, or Scott finds this rare skull, but I didn't get it because we're in Scott's account. Like Everybody gets the things, which I think is awesome, which apparently has been part of the difficulty in getting this thing out. But the thing that kind of bums me out about it, unlike the Nintendo demos, the recent Nintendo demos, is that this beta of campaign co-op for Halo Infinite is its own discrete instance so it doesn't use my current campaign and when i download this new thing and we all play together it also doesn't seem like it will carry over to the final campaign co-op so it truly is an isolated 10-day beta instance of this co-op experience it kind of reminds me of um what was it not boulder's gate what was the the huge rpg that's it's like a early access um is baldur's gate 3 is it baldur's gate 3 oh, baldur's okay, gate yeah, 3, yeah. yeah, yeah where it's like here's this huge game we're gonna constantly add to it and it's gonna be incredible but don't worry when the real game comes out all that resets <laughs> you know wiping your saves bros <laughs> yeah it's yeah like, well, i guess i know so the same thing here you got I guess 10 you... days to get through the campaign with a buddy <laughs> or three buddies which you can do it also has mission replay which also was sorely lacking from the game's initial release where some things because of the mission structure are completely locked away. Like, yes, it's open world and you know, you can go blow up this base or save these Marines over and over and over again. But some of my favorite moments were the scripted story levels. And unlike halo games of past, you couldn't go and replay them once you did them. So that's also going to be part of this part of this beta. So I'm super, super excited about it but I don't know if I'm super, super excited yet because <laughs> I don't know if I'll devote these 10 days to to do it. And also it feels a, a long time coming, right? Like it, it is, but not as long as we thought it was going to be right. It's interesting. This beta is happening <laughs> earlier than, because then they say it was going to be like fall before the, yeah, which yeah. it still might be forge is still forge is not part of this. So it still is, right. you know, we're getting halo infinite, in infinite pieces. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to try to play through it in 10 days. It's interesting to me, like, how beta-y is it? Is it is is this really like a, we're testing this out to squash bugs? Like, are we going to have issues? Is it going to be hard? Is it going to be hard to connect to people? Is it is it really a a beta beta? Or is it like a, hey, it's a fun preview of what the game is going to be? I would yeah, know. it's hard to say. The whole, the trajectory of, Halo Infinite is weird anyway because the, ori- the original delays were were kind of a bit of a blow uh, for a console that was supposed to launch alongside of it, and um, you know that would have been a huge deal for Microsoft. I think it was fine that they delayed it. I'd rather have it be delayed than broken. But um, then there was like a long desert of frustration the multiplayer community had with kind of the state of their battle pass and how it worked and it wasn't exactly up to some of the snuff they're used to with other games. I and think so they're still in that, that desert, they're, Scott. They're still in I, that desert. You're right. I, I, yeah. They're, they're still out there looking. Um, but they'll they'll get there. I feel like Halo, there's a desire to have Halo out and done and give it to me now. And I feel like they need, I think they think it's important that they take whatever time they need to just get this as right as possible. Because at the end of the day, 343 has a sketchy, you know, kind of history with Halo and overall things were pretty positive when when Infinite came out. I thought the campaign was awesome. I loved it. I loved it too. Yeah. It was really good. Um but I think they're just careful and I'm okay with that. This is their flagship. This is like the, you know, the biggest IP they still have really and they want to they want to be safe with it. So I'm I'm okay with all of this. I don't like resets though. I'm kind of with you Christian on that 
freaking hate it. Um, and I understand the need to test, and I understand, you know, especially in early access on Steam, some of those games have to have resets. But when I hear that they're going to do them, I usually avoid them, with one exception, which we'll get to later in what we played. But uh, very <laughs> rarely do I like it when I'm told that, yeah, all that progress you made, sorry. Start yeah. over, buddy. Can I yeah. guess? Is it game? Is it game reset sim? And someone gives you a game and you go in and reset the progress. No, but I've played a game like that, and I won't even get into what it's called. But yes, there are games like that. Well, it, it is interesting. Evidently, part of the reason that for this beta is that uh, they're allowing individual players in co-op to make progress on their own campaigns individually. Uh, yeah, and that's that was saying, which is cool. Like, pro- yeah, providing you know, some of the complication for for you know how, how difficult this is to pull off and i guess it's part of what they're testing in the beta sure i think that's great i also think it's uh kind of awesome that you can't use your own your save game already for a, a game that's been out many months now um i love that you like hey if you want to play co-op gotta start over start from the beginning with, yep. your, with your pals i think that's fun i think that's a cool thing i it's something i would totally do um so let's go well you you could regardless though right like this is get, getting rid of the option of going and playing your favorite levels with your buddies. I feel like when the full yeah. co-op comes out, I, I don't think they're going to force you to start over. I mean, that would seem... No. I agree that there'd be some joy in playing the whole campaign in Legendary with three of your friends or whatever, but I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed that you can't just do your favorite fights now. But I understand, and, and I do think, to me, this does seem more beta-beta-y in terms of trying to get that tech working and that progress carrying over. And I imagine there's infinite more variables. If like you and I played and you already played on heroic and you did this and I played on beginner and I did that. And then we create this joint instance and I want progress to carry over like hats off (laughs) to three, four, three for even tackling that. So I hope it goes smoothly and I hope, uh, the game continues to get better because Halo Infinite's campaign, there were some moments where it just screamed multiplayer, oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, Big time. Um, so I'm excited to get in there and all of us throw exploding barrels at the same time. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. It's such mayhem when they do that. I, the game, the game deserves its co-op and should have really had it at the beginning. I understand the delay. I get it. I'd rather have it be right. All those things are still true, but it's, it's still kind of a, a stinger that they didn't have yeah. co-op at launch. Whereas that's a, yeah. a hallmark of, halo since the beginning and i don't know it'll probably be worth the wait but i it must it must sting a little bit at, at corporate where they're just like oh if we had just had that ready christian did, did it do they mention if this is uh for both the pc and the xbox version of halo infinite it is for pc and xbox uh, i don't know if i put it in the the notes here but on pc on steam it is a separate download that you need to go mm-hmm. and and pull um yeah to, to to get this instance of the uh of the Data or whatever. Well, there you go. Clear your schedule July 11th to the 22nd and invite you some friends and see if you can get through the campaign in, uh, in 10 days. I'm sure a lot of people will be able to do it in a day and a half, but uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what was the other story that you were so uh, hot to trot on, Christian? I'm, I'm being generous today. Oh, d- dang. What is this? A holiday yeah. weekend, Jeff? Holiday weekend. Man, <laughs> you know, my, my, have my a, goodness. Have a hot dog and a hamburger. Christian. Whoa. Dang. Whoa. It is. Slow uh, down. <laughs> yeah, I am getting a stomach ache. Um, it's Niantic. It's just Niantic news that they um, are laying off people, which is always a, a real bummer, and canceling projects. And I think it's fascinating in the video game space for um, 
let me back up a little bit. I feel like in movies and books and, and certainly music, you have this idea of one hit wonders. You know, they do a thing and they do a thing really well. And that's kind of the only thing that 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 band has one album or one song or an author has this incredible book and then they have a follow up and it's like, well, that stunk. But that other book they did was incredible <laughs> or a director, you know, hits a home run out of the park with her debut movie and then everything else is chasing that, whatever it is. And I, I think Niantic is such an interesting company because they had the pieces together for this idea of this geotagged mobile out there in the world game. And then they peanut butter and jellied it with Pokemon. And it just became this phenomenon that prints money. It still prints money. It's incredible. And they haven't been able to replicate it in a meaningful way. And they've had other big IPs attached and so I think the interesting discussion is like, is there 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 or is Niantic, is this all like Transformers is one of the things that uh, the games that apparently got canceled. Um, and it fascinates me from a kind of an industry business standpoint of is Niantic the hit or is just mobile walk around Pokemon a hit and Niantic happened to be the ones to do it. Interesting. I mean, they canceled. What's the other one that they made and everybody was stoked? Oh, the Harry Potter one got canceled. Yeah, right. Huge um, IP also. Yeah, they've done this a couple of times where Pokemon Go continues to just do fine. And I guess their their original game, uh, what's it called? The uh, crap. There's oh, yeah, kind the, of cyberpunky one that's, yeah. the, that's all based on. I forget the, the name of it. Rift I think that's still like that? sort yeah. of limping and going, but... But um, they keep starting and stopping. They've got that Pikmin kind of, it's more fitness focused, but the Pikmin game's doing okay. Um, so I think this is just them, I don't know, they're just branching out, trying new stuff. I, 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 you know, the Pokemon community right now is really angry at them again, and I don't know why. I haven't been pay, paying a big bunch of attention to it, but I guess people are all in arm up in arms about that stuff. So I don't know. Niantic's in a weird place. And one minute they're like killing it. The next minute it's like, what are they doing? I don't know. They're terrible. Oh, now they're doing something cool again. And can't quite figure those guys out. So the last I heard about the community being upset, and I have a few friends that are still pretty devoted to to the Pokemon Go. And the last time when I talked to them about it was Niantic kind of rolling back a lot of the pandemic changes that actually a lot of folks thought made the game better. Um, and then Niantic was kind of like, well, we can, we're, we're out doing things again. We don't need to have this anymore or that anymore. And everybody's like, we still like that though. <laughs> like that made, that made the game better. And Niantic's like, no, 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 go out again. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and like they spread out where rares were going to be and stuff like that. And I think folks got upset about that, but, mm. um, yeah, sorry, Jeff, what were you going to say? No, I, the, the, their ability to, to, to rake in as much cash as they, have uh it's 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 a bummer to hear that they're also cutting 85 to 90 jobs that's that to me is the it's like you've made a lot of money i'm surprised uh, that that had to happen but uh, and canceling four in development games is is pretty dramatic i to answer your original question christian i i suspect it has a lot more to do with pokemon than niantic right i think they, they certainly uh, capitalized on a, a great IP and and did a, a great job in creating that kind of game. But the IP is synonymous with collecting them all, right? Like Transformers isn't that, Poke or uh, Harry Potter isn't that. Pokemon is, hey, the entire reason you're here is to collect them 
Go get them. Explore a region. Find exactly. Them, it it, it is. Yeah. It, it it just meshes so perfectly in that rabid fan base that has been indoctrinated uh, with the uh, with the motivation to collect everything and 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 you know that that is that's the entire gameplay loop. And so I think that they, you know, it it just was a, a perfect intersection of genre and style of game with IP. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to, you can't just slap a new IP on it and say, hey, it's the same amount of people and same amount of passion. Yeah, I mean, Which, they, I think they thought they were going to get that with Harry Potter and yeah, that didn't happen at all. I played it right. once and thought, well, I don't, why am I not, I'll just play Pokemon. <laughs> like, it just <laughs> felt like a weird thing to ask me to do. The Witcher game, kind of the same thing. I was like, why am, yeah. I, why am I doing this? And I think there's no surprise that um, blizzards uh rumored uh game that they were working on internally which was very pokemon go like set in the warcraft universe got canned um i i think these things are incredibly hard to make nuanced enough or different enough Mm. you know it's like launching a battle royale today like who would do that in their right mind i wouldn't do it that seems insane and i and i think a lot of people looked at Pokemon Go and said, hey, oh, this is a new genre. People want to be out in the world, mm-hmm. you know, playing mm-hmm. games like this. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't think it, it was the the harbinger of a new genre. I think it was, hey, this is a new way to play Pokemon, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Chat pulls, uh, and I'm pretty sure there's seven-year-old or six-year-old audio of me probably predicting it to be huge but yeah. minecraft earth was not niantic but that was another one like right. they showed that the demos of that when they showed it it looked incredible yeah, like it looked really good in the real world and that kind of like the survival mode of that is like going out finding things getting resources so you can have things and huge ip you know one mm-hmm. of the absolute biggest and that also didn't have legs in this um i don't know what the space would be called mobile ar walking game <laughs> yeah 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 something like more that. elegant name for it i'm sure <laughs> yeah um yeah it's fascinating to me and i also wonder to some extent of pokemon being first and i know not the first game but the first big ip to do this geo-based style game that if harry potter had preceded um pokemon would it have had bigger legs i don't i don't know i do think there is something magic about pokemon jeff as you said but I, I find the space fascinating because there's so much money in mobile for the top money makers. <laughs> yeah. And then there's everybody else releasing clones, garbage and failed attempts to and become one of the top dogs. Plenty of yeah. table scraps for them too. It seems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, before I get to my story of the week, uh, do you want to take a second and thank our sponsor, which is hello fresh. I made a hello fresh last night. I am a proud subscriber to HelloFresh, have been for many, many years now. It has improved my life. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You don't have to go to the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make cooking at home easy, fun, and affordable, which is why it is America's number one meal kit. It's why I've been using it for so long. It is awesome. I get on the app. I pick weeks in advance from their so many recipes. They have dozens of recipes. It's so easy to change at the last minute. If you need to skip a week, that's convenient. It's also 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. Uh, And you can save on average over $65 a month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. One of my favorite things about it 
is I don't have a bunch of leftover ingredients in my fridge that just go bad and spoil because I bought them for one particular recipe and then I don't use them again. These are pre-portioned ingredients. You get exactly what you need. Uh, and it's farm fresh. It, it's, uh, it arrives within a week. Uh, so it's convenient and you don't have to skimp on the quality. You don't have to go to the grocery store. Ugh, man, I, I love the fact that I have it just delivered right to my door. And also easy to cook. I've fallen in love with cooking because of HelloFresh. I enjoy the process of it and it happens fast. They have uh, 30 minute meals uh, or less. Plus they have the, their quick and easy meals, which include 20 minute recipes uh, with low prep and easy cleanup options. Uh, it's You get food on the t- table fast and you know everything that went in it because you put it in there. I enjoy cooking for, for my family. We have a much bigger variety of menu because I'm not just cooking the same three things over and over again. So much better. My life has improved so much because of HelloFresh. And yours can too. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DLC16 and use the code DLC16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash DLC16 or the promo code DLC16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, Uh, we don't have to spend tons of time on my story of the week, but I feel like as many times as I toot my own horn and say Jeff is right and everything is delayed, I, I figure I might as well highlight once where the news, at least uh, preliminarily, is it's not delayed. Uh, in fact, we got a tweet from Corey Barlog that God of War Ragnarok, Sony's big end of the year game, we all assume coming out of the end of the year, not delayed. Uh, there was a tweet <laughs> from a, a uh, irate Twitter follower. I guess there's been a lot of abusive uh, tweets aimed at the the God of War team, mostly because there was a rumor that the 30th of June, there would be a release date announcement that did not happen. Uh, so of course, if, if something's rumored and doesn't happen, the only reasonable response is to abuse the developers. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Um, anyway, there was a, a tweet. Somebody said, hey, why don't you just go on and tell us that Ragnarok is delayed so that we can move on and plan the rest of the year? Seriously, this is getting frustrating. To which Corey Barlog reply tweeted, because it's not. <laughs> meaning i guess because it's not delayed uh he goes on to say uh, if it were up to me i would share all the information when i know about it but it's not up to me so please be patient i promise things will be shared at the earliest possible moment they can be so yeah that starfield got delayed at the end of the year everybody else everybody you know who was looking at these giant massive mainstream releases like Starfield going, okay, there's now this big hole at the end of the year. Will God of War Ragnarok suffer the same fate? It is another massive release for the Sony platform. Will it also be delayed? I think everybody assuming yes, but here's Corey Barlog kind of indicating it's not going to be delayed. Scott, do you think, uh, do you think we will see a delay here? Or do you think this is uh hope that for once, an end of the year game will actually come out at the end of the year instead of, you know, February. I think that Sony needs this this year. Um, I think that I, I hope 
Okay, here's my simple answer. Yes, I think they're going to get it on time. I hope that doesn't mean uh, a bunch of crunch had to be invoked to make it happen, which is, you know, a problem everywhere right now. Sure. But uh, regardless of that, I think Sony needs this this year. The PlayStation 5 has had, you know, a bit of a, well, they've all kind of had a AAA lag going on, and that's only going to get a little bit worse. You know, at least in this case, unlike Star, uh, uh, Star, what's it called? Star, not Star Citizen. What's it called? Starfield. Starfield. Jeez. The difference with Starfield uh, was that they did a whole thing when they announced how close they were and then did a whole date thing, 11-11-22 at the end, yeah. and made this huge deal about it. That's always risky, and I understand their desire to do it. They did it with Skyrim with 11-11-11. You know, it, was, it was too good of a date to pass up. Sonic Tuesday, a classic example. Uh, just difficult to... Mortal Monday was another one. Um <laughs> But these things are hard hard to not do. They're very tempting to want to latch onto that and get the hype going and all of that. But then in that case, you know, they delayed. And I'm, I prefer a delay over a crappy launch. So it's fine. But in the case of Sony, I, I feel like there's a lot of momentum happening on the Microsoft side with Game Pass and other things. Sony playing a little bit of catch up with these new plus levels. Um, the middle one's the only good one, everybody, in my opinion. Anyway, <laughs> there's, uh, there's a lot of reason to feel like you're kind of waiting for sony to to do something so i think this year would be crucial for them to have happen so i actually think they will hit it and i think that game will probably be incredible and i also think that'll be a huge advantage for sony in the holiday season because i don't think microsoft's got anything equivalent that will blow anyone's mind during that same period or or nintendo for that matter yeah i mean uh christian we are we're staring down the barrel of a fall that I think compared to previous falls, pretty sparse as far as the big must-have holiday release thing. I mean, I guess we're still getting a uh, still getting a Call of Duty, right? That's that's yeah. the perennial. <laughs> you can bet on it. You can mark your calendars by a Call of Duty release. Sure. Um, uh, and we, you know, we talked about Mario plus Rabbids uh, in October. And you, your Pokemon's in November, but. It, you know, if there isn't a God of War, it'll be, uh, I don't know if there is that, I guess, Gotham Knights. What are we looking at for, for end of year 2022, Christian? Uh, Cowabunga Collection, Jeff. I can't believe, I mean, it's right there. <laughs> it was the summer of Morbius and it's the winter of Cowabunga. Let's not kid ourselves <laughs> about what the goatee's going to be because it's 10 goatees crammed into one little switch cart. So mm. in terms of AAA releases that, can't you know aren't repackaging of triple a arcade games from 40 years ago yeah there's maybe a little it's a little light but no one cares everybody cleared their calendar to get out of the cowabunga collections they're like okay well <laughs> i mean shredder's revenge is a good summer release because like it's a fun game but like we can also release around that but cowabunga collection is turtles in time turtles the arcade turtles nes turtles the arcade the arcade turtles in time the arcade right. at what point uh, do i need to shut you down on this uh, tournament fighters how, how i long, mean there's so many games am i giving you uh, wow so it, it, give me a donatello staff link i think you know, usually you after what would traditionally be the e3 time period or our summer of games usually we have a pretty solid idea of what october november december are going to be uh, this year, I think confirmed uh, Callisto Protocol, December, mm-hmm. Pokemons, uh, you know, Gotham Knights, Call of Duty, Resident Evil um, remakes, you know, uh, what Plague Tale? What have we got? Forspoken is supposedly October 11th. That's that looks like a cool game. 
Uh, oh, Midnight um, Suns. In Midnight yeah, Suns, Midnight Suns if out. they hit it. I, that yeah. originally got delayed, but that's still this year, right? I think. Yeah, I think October 7th is what they've got for Marvel's Midnight Suns. Yeah. I'm ex- very excited for that game. That might be my biggest... Uh, Skull and Bones, baby. Oh, yeah. Skull uh, and Bones now Skull official. Bones evidently is being announced like next week. We'll yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, here's a question for you, Scott. I'm very curious. Uh, what is your feeling about Overwatch 2? Oh, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Taking aside all the weird Blizzard issues of the last couple of years, uh, yeah. if that's even possible to do mentally. Yeah, but but let's also just... remembering them. Also remembering them. Keeping them in mind. Um, the fact that it's free to play is 100% what... Uh, they probably should do um overwatch one missed a boat they, they were slightly too early and then very late to react to the the reality of of service-based shooters that, that we're about to clobber us with and that meant Fortnite, that meant PUBG, that meant all these other games not necessarily just battle royales but games as a service that were free to play backed by some sort of you know battle pass or some other method um they could have been tip of that spear easily but they just really wanted to be Blizzard and go, well, we're just going to do a retail product. That's what we do. We, we sell $49 games. Boom, we're yeah. done. And I think that was a mistake. Um, I think that this would have been, it would have been a bigger mistake if two would have shipped like that because two looks an awful lot and plays an awful lot like one. Um, you know, there's always been this joke about, well, this is really just Overwatch 1.5. Why are they doing this? Shouldn't they just add on to, to one and continue going? You could make an argument for that, but I think they needed maybe a fresh platform to go, this is launching as a free-to-play title. You're going to get it day one on everything, cross-play across the board. Boom, here's your game. This is going to be a big shooter experience. And I think it's the right move. The fact that it's coming out in October, well, the uh, yeah, the game's out in October. That's a little mind-blowing. I didn't expect that. I yeah. thought we were at least a couple years away. Nor did I expect a release year for Diablo 4, which is now next year. Well, um, and supposedly this year for the next WoW expansion, the Dragonflight, right? Yeah, day day before the end. Of, well, if 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 everything's to be believed, they're planning on the thirty first of December as a launch day, which you know, perfect launch day because what is anybody doing on the thirty first of December? <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Nobody's doing anything. They're all sitting around <laughs> waiting for a game to drop. And, yeah, um, yeah. Well, who am I kidding? Probably most WoW players will literally be doing that. But <laughs> but I, you know. Again, there's another aspect to Blizzard's trajectory that's still a little tenuous. You know, WoW's in a weird place. Things are a little stale in a lot of reasons. Take a, take aside all the controversial issues around Blizzard. One of their biggest problems is WoW is is kind of stuck, and they need to do something fairly drastic. They just they just hired away the entire team that made Spellbreak. Yeah, and are as a consequence of shutting down Spellbreak next year. But the word is that team's going straight into the WoW team, and they're going to be working on PvP stuff and just overall combat stuff, which seems like a great idea. That game's pretty cool in that regard. Yeah. So maybe there's some real, you know, raw talent to tap there. So I don't know. Blizzard's in a weird place right now. And the fact that they've got a game coming out this year is a whole lot better than 2021, where the only game they had was a, was a remaster of, uh, well, I guess you can call it a remake of Diablo two. And that was it. I was pretty shocked when I read that spellbreaker news because you know, they said, yeah, they're going to put them on the Dragonflight team. And I was like, isn't that coming out? This They're going to take like 40, 50, 60, whatever it is, new employees and be like, hey, welcome to the team. Yeah, Let's get on this game. It needs to come out in three months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Hit the ground running, baby. Yeah. Uh, it's a little weird. I, yeah. I don't know how they're going to, whatever. They, they'll have to do a lot for me to get really jazzed about the next expansion. Because as it stands right now, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, well. 
neat, but you're not really doing anything new here. I mean, dragons. I like dragons. Dragons are cool, man. Don't get me wrong. I love me a dragon, and I like me a wow dragon. They're, and I they're like, cool. I like the idea of flight right at the beginning of the expansion instead yeah, of having to grind true. for it. You know? Yeah, and then you gotta, you know, you gotta train your how to train your dragon. I guess is what yeah. You there do. you go. But uh, yeah, it'll it's going to be a weird year for them in that. You know, just, uh, with all this surrounding controversy, you're actually going to ship some co- some some product, and in two very diverse segments of your of your company. You know, Overwatch and the uh, World of Warcraft really are couldn't be more different. So yeah, you know, a chance to to kind of see how they handle that again will be interesting. There's no BlizzCon this year, and there probably won't be for uh, maybe until the Microsoft deal's done. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um. But weird time to be a an old school Blizzard fan. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you would know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> real quick, talk- real, real, real oh, quick. Go, go well, ahead, I don't Christian. talk about Activision and Blizzard stuff much, if at all, because uh, problems. I will take this moment, uh, Jeff, as Jeff was right, to say once again, Spicedradamus nailed this stuff <laughs> at the beginning of the year I know, when I predicted. I about this company, but I will take a second to pat myself on the back. <laughs> yes. Thank, well, I'm not going to pat Bobby on the back. You know, because only, <laughs> only t- patting that Bobby does on the back is when he shoves you in front of the bus that he mm. paid for to come run you over. Um, <laughs> but I predicted that a major IP would release free-to-play, a major free-to-play component uh, of an established pay for play IP and at least a major mode. And that is overwatch two. Yeah. Overwatch two was this boxed retail copy that their PVP oh, component right. is coming out now free to play. You're I right. That does fit your very va- vague criteria. Yes, it did. No, that you was the exact prediction. found a way to pay off the, your very broad. Exa- I have them written down. I put check marks <laughs> next to them when they come true. I am nailing it this year, Jeff. All right. I am. Uh, well done. Well done. All right. Well, let's <laughs> uh, let's get to the games that we have been playing in a segment we call the playlist. Scott, you have been playing a number of things on, yeah. on your playlist. Where would you like to start? All right. We'll start with uh, Chorecore. Let's get to Shipbreaker. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have been a massive fan of a little game called Hard Space Shipbreaker since it was first announced a couple of years ago and put into early access on Steam. Basically, the the premise is you are part of a corporation. Um, well, it's, it's actually a very simple premise. Earth is it's way in the future, and there are no good jobs on Earth. It's it's a horrible place to be, and the only good jobs are just above the stratosphere where you work for a company called Lynx, and Lynx's job are to in these big sort of space garages. Uh, your job is to decommission ships and salvage the material. Uh, and so these ships come in, they park them there, you go out there and you start your dirty work. And that work is using big laser cutters to take giant side panels off a ship and then careful not to, you know, blow up the the reactor inside and, and keeping all the fuel lines from popping before you're able to disable all that stuff. And uh, computers, keep those from burning up. Electrical, uh, there's, there's, you know, uh, cooling systems that need to be watched over, this sort of thing. And uh, your job is to go into that com- that that intact ship and tear it to pieces and throw the bits where they go. And there's big receptacles, ones for a certain kind of material, ones for another kind of an incinerator type stuff for like aluminum in that. And then there's a big sort of catch-all tray below everything, all in zero gravity, by the way, just in your little spacesuit, uh, where you toss the uh, parts of the ship that need to be that are salvageable, like computer systems and chairs and 
um, and stuff like this. And um, it grabbed me immediately when I first got it, when it was in early access, because I just absolutely love the concept. And it was such a zen, chill, lose yourself kind of thing. It's got kind of Firefly vibes mixed with a little bit of, um, oh, I can't think of the other game. There's there's uh, there's definitely compare. Oh, um, what's the RTS uh, that, that Relic made years ago? Uh, shoot. It's uh, you got the big long ship and it's all su- the oh, adagio uh, for strings. And oh, all yeah. That. Um, I've used an H. Uh, Homeworld. Homeworld. Thank you. Yeah. This has Homeworld one and two vibes for sure. In fact, uh, the developers have hinted that this, you know, this is kind of in their own heads, a spiritual spinoff of, of that of that world. But anyway, um, it's also got a story and the story is all about, hey, the man's trying to keep you down or make you do things you don't want to do. Or this this work, uh, you know, you when you start this job, you're over a billion dollars in debt. And uh, you have to start working your way down through that debt. And it seems impossible and it kind of is, but there's like an uprising and you're part of it. But in between all this story stuff, you're out of your little habitat and floating out there taking ships apart. And that's really where the mechanics shine. It's super fun. It came out of early access mm, a few months ago. And I dove back in and I say back in because this is one of those deals where they had to reset all this, everything, all your progress. And I was bummed, but it was Mm. worth it because I love that game so much. Um, I beat the story. I'm now in what I would consider the game sort of end game where uh, you're still sort of paying stuff off. It's a little bit of a grind, but if you like the grind, it's fun. And uh, I would highly recommend it to anybody who, uh, who, who maybe any of this sparked your imagination at all, like just being in space, zero gravity, are you uh, are you fighting against the zero gravity? Is that like part of the challenge? Is that stuff floating away from you, and your movement is is chaotic because you're in zero g? And little a little bit, like you've got full three sixty degree movement. You have a braking system as part of your suit, so hmm. if you're good with your brakes, and you can upgrade those brakes as time goes on, so they're a little more, you know, they're they, they kick into gear faster. But there's also upgrades. There's huge upgrade trees for how fast you move, uh, how how long it takes for the the tank to end or to run out of gas for you got to go fill it up again. Um, you use these big, <clears throat> these big tethers. They're almost like tracting tractor beam tethers that you use to grab chunks of the ship and pull them somewhere. Cause you're not strong enough to do it. Um, you have a couple of tools that help you with a lot of this stuff and those get upgraded as you go. So there are challenges to the, to that where like I blew an airlock by accident the other day. It wasn't, I forgot to do it normally and I, and I popped it in a way that was not good. And half the ship ended up flying out into the void. <laughs> so I lost like all this money. I have a great video of it too. So I'm just looking out there watching it just go into the nothing. And I lost all this money on losing half of that ship, but that's part of the fun. There's real hazards involved. If you detonate the reactor by accident, like just clip it with your laser by just complete happenstance, it, you know, you're dead. And there's a hardcore mode where you can, you know, one death and you're done resets everything kind of an Iron Man mode. Uh, the mode I played was a little more relaxed. I, it, they basically reconstitute your DNA every time you die, <laughs> and they send you out there to keep going. Um, it's and dystopic. Add, add to your debt each time you die, Exa- right? And, like, yes, yeah. absolutely does add to your debt. Um, and eventually, I don't know. I don't want to give anything away about the story because I do think it's worth seeing through. But you know, you eventually get some 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 victory in that regard. But it's a very very, very, for me, a very special title, especially from the indie space over the last couple of years. And I think it's really neat. It's also on Game Pass, PC only right now. There are no console versions yet. Um, but that was a surprise launch. When they went 1.0, ended up on Game Pass that day. The Of course, the Steam version is awesome. I suspect it'll end up everywhere. But it's a really, really cool 
really cool game and i it's also, can't recommend it enough yeah for people it. not watching the video or haven't seen the trailer it's very pretty like i think sometimes yeah. people i think in people's heads at least in mine it's like oh ftl and it's mm-hmm. like ftl is a great game but this is not ft this is first no. person you know call of duty-esque like your spacesuit looks kind of militaristic you're severing tools look kind of dead space-esque like oh big it's, time it's yeah. it's not a farming sim you're not like clicking 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 to undo the thing you're out there making your shots doing your cuts making the grav pulls to get the things into doing the bins your yeah. you're, you're hearing like yourself <laughs> you, hear, you hear yourself breathing like in your suit mm. and there's kind of weird discordant country music firefly style kind of playing <laughs> and then if you get electrocuted it'll change the station it'll be some more discordant horrible music you're in radio contact with some of the other people you're working with. This is all single player experience, but um, it would be really neat. <clears throat> There's two things people want from this game. <clears throat> and I think they want, somebody wants VR and somebody wants co-op mm. and I would take both those things. Um, yeah. I think too. it'd be perfectly suited for that. But if any of this, Oh, great on controller, great on keyboard and mouse. I should mention. So if you're a big controller player on your PC, no worries there. It, it works good. Super. And it's intuitive. on game pass. Yeah. Like you yeah, said, it is on so, game yeah. pass. So I, I, it's, a, see- it's neat. As much as I I've I sort of uh, said uh, these chore core games aren't for me, I I feel like the, where I could get into it is something like this where it's like fantasy. Mm-hmm. The, the ones that that I'm like, ah, why is, is something I could literally go and do for actual money in the real world? This is a cool fantasy. Could never be in space taking apart ships. So I feel yeah. like I could get into it. But. There's absolutely the difference, and that's a really good point. Like. It, what what makes this my favorite of these is that is is this isn't just me like if you said hey go to a shipyard or a a, you know a car lot and take apart cars and ships that might entertain me for a bit but it ain't gonna be like this (laughs) yeah so there's something to it it's really cool and you feel big and strong when you're like using tools to shove huge pieces of carbonite through a you know through this through space and aim it just right to go into the receptacle thing and to see the money count up and and then spend those points when you get back to your hab and it's it's got a really good loop i i would recommend it to anybody where any of these points sounded interesting i think this cool. game might be for you hard um, space shipbreaker is what it's hard called. space yeah. shipbreaker i always just refer to it as shipbreaker i don't know what the hard space is about maybe there'll be other games in the hard space universe i don't know but <laughs> who knows um also because i'd been playing a bunch of v rising which i know a lot of people have been talking about i ended up getting kind of a back to my action rpg itch and um I've been playing an older game. I've been playing Grim Dawn, which came out in 2016. Right, yeah. And um, these are the old uh, Titan uh, Titan Quest folks uh, yeah. who formed that company, Create Entertainment, and started Grim Dawn. And Grim Dawn is awesome. It's got two expansions. It's a huge game. If you have the Diablo itch but have played so much Diablo, your eyes are bleeding, uh, give Grim Dawn a chance. That game's awesome. It is currently it. 80% off on Steam right now, by the way, Grim Dawn. Stupid uh, cheap, yeah. Five bucks. Uh, it's a game I played a lot of when it first came out, but I think I only played a tiny percentage of the total content of this game. And you're right. I totally forgot that. I think I still have this game installed on my hard drive, but I was really digging Grim Dawn um, as, you know, like a total uh, total Diablo-like, but really pretty. and Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, Grim Dark and, and very like, I don't know, Diablo 2 in some ways. Uh, Path of Exile and others, Diablo three in some ways, like they've, yeah. they've taken a lot of lessons from other stuff, and but also you can feel that DNA from Titan Quest in there, yeah. And I think that that uh, plays really well for it. I it's a rad game. The expansions even made it better. I think the cross class combination stuff is really neat. And you know, if you're just if you're just hankering for a bunch of weapons to pop out of stuff, and then you go, oh sweet, that's an upgrade. 
I got good news for you. <laughs> Grim Dawn's waiting for you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, then I've been, playing, some- I've been playing a bunch of um, uh, retro stuff, and I got completely rehooked into playing Metroid Fusion for for the Game Boy uh, Advance. Now, you might say, Scott, are you playing this on an Advance? No, I own the cartridge. It's over there in a box, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm emulating it. And um, it's my favorite Metroid game. So every once in a while, I get a little weird itch and I have to play Metroid Fusion. So I'm playing that right now. <laughs> That's really so what, are you you're emulating it on your PC or on something? Yeah, like? I'm use, uh, at the yeah. moment. Uh, well, I have. OK, so I've got this Ambernick device. It's like a little mm-hmm. switch size thing that lets me do all of this stuff. And I started a game on there and then I thought, what if I want to stream this? So now I'm doing it on a, actually I'm on a M one Mac is where I'm doing it and, um, works great. Looks great. I can go full screen with it. I like thinking that, uh, Scott, that Metroid fusion is what happened before you got there for a shipbreaker. You know, Mm. Samus was like, had this big (laughs) battle. She's on this huge ship. (laughs) Everything goes sideways. It needs to be salvaged. So the Federation sends in the bounty hunter follow up. Yeah, there you Uh, go. That's pretty like good. Clean up Actually, that comic, is uh, d- dungeon uh, damage Inc. I think is the Marvel comic about the guys that come in after the thing and Hulk have smashed all the buildings. Oh, and- right. I love that series. That was <laughs> yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah, there is a bit of that. In fact, I think you kind of nailed the fantasy of shipbreaker a little bit. There's a feeling of like, I'm taking care of stuff that's been through some things. So my imagination kind of kicks in and world builds. And I love that mech, mech, sim- or mech mechanic simulator was similar. It's like, I don't know where this mech's been, but man, this leg's damaged. It must have been <laughs> hell of a thing. So there's like this really world buildy aspect to these games. The, but they, but they're better when they're in these fantasy spaces. Right. Mm, so I yeah. totally agree with that. But Metroid fusion holds up, man. It's so good. I see th- it's still my favorite Metroid. I love the new one. I love all the old ones, but something about fusion just, just has me. And I don't know why, but I love it. And then finally, Ghost of Tsushima. I've been playing uh, through that. I never finished it, so I recently returned to it, um, being reminded that it was part of the new sub. I already owned it, but um, it was the first game I got on my PS5. But I really like that game. I think Ghost of Tsushima is like one of the best open world games ever, and I can yeah. play that uh, till my eyes bleed. So I am playing it till my eyes bleed. And uh, you, evidently, you know. based on some uh, some LinkedIn profiles, it sounds like they're staffing up for a sequel to Ghost. Oh, Tsushima. that'd be great. Yeah. I would love that. Sucker Punch makes great open world games. For some reason, they speak to me more than some others. And I, I even like them. I like this game more than that's, this is sacrosanct stuff, but I like it more than the Spider-Man games. Mm. I like it more than most of those Insomniac games. And those are great games. So that just tells you how much more I like it. And I, I don't know what it is about this one, but there's just some special sauce here. It's very self-serious. And so some people don't like that in their open world. Um, but I think the adherence to the era and the tone of feudal Japan and all of this is a really, is a really cool thing. So yeah, uh, I'll be the playing combat, that till I'm done. The combat just sings uh, like the, the, their little tweaks on it is uh, there were rumors of Sony making a uh, pro controller, mm-hmm. bringing back paddles officially to the console. I played this for the first time through on PS4 with the PS4 back paddle nub. Yeah. And I think it made it such an incredible experience and, the PS5 update, I also bought uh, like that full PS5 update director's cut. I think it's an exquisite update. It really makes the game feel current gen in a lot of ways. It's such a beautiful landscape. The only thing I miss are those back paddles, but just the combat of Ghost of Tsushima, like that basic loop of a lot of open world games, I get tired of go to the base, clear out all the enemies, get the reward. For some reason, the combat in Ghost of Tsushima, I find so satisfying where it's like, Hey, there's another fort over here. And I'm like, 
not for long. There's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do love that. The, the, the loop in that game is really good. I think the acting's great. The voice acting's great. It's, it's a, yeah, Jen's it's awesome. a really cool game. Yeah. So those are the ones I've been mostly focused on. There's a million little ones here and there, but those, awesome. are, the, those are the games giving me my time these weeks. It's a great playlist. Uh, yep. Christian Spicer, how about you? What's on your playlist? So I was one of the many folks who jumped into Fall Guys Season 1 free-for-all, as Fall Guys has now gone free-to-play, cross-platform, progression, and the epic, epic, epicification. There we go. I had to get the first yeah. epic in, not epicification. Epicification. Right Jeff, you know what, man? <laughs> there are people that enable uh, bad word sandwiches, and then there are people that poo-poo on bad... Was sandwich? Was sound? Let me get this. What? What and wit? What and which is? Anyway, and Fall Guys season yeah, one. Fall right. Guys. Yeah. Fall Guys season one. Free for all. Um, Jeff and or Scott, have either of you played any Fall Guys? Have you jumped in? Well, when I jumped in. Yeah, I'm <laughs> playing, playing it now. In fact, I, I didn't mention as it. We're but, recording. <laughs> yeah, we're just playing it right now. Um, no, I've been playing this this season and having a good time. I was surprised at how well I was doing um, in this game. I was really bad when it was on just PC and it was a full paid title. And now that it's free to play, I'm kind of rocking people. I don't know if those are bots or I what do, the deal I is. Do, I do wonder if they Fortnited it a little bit now. Like that full epic merger has brought in like because Fortnite got really good about making you feel good. Yeah. at first and then also having some semblance of matchmaking and then also bringing in bots to fill out games that you, so you could get kills and so you'd keep playing and um it's free so i highly recommend checking it out right like the the low barrier of entry it's on everything it's cross play cross progression which i think is awesome and it is very Fortnite familiar if you have played Fortnite in terms of not the gameplay but the UI, the HUD, the season pass, the shop and all of those things and you're adding cosmetics to your character as the rewards, banners, all of those types of rewards, the carrots on the stick, on the end of the stick are all very Fortnite familiar. Lots of other games have certainly done it as well, but this game now being part of the Epic family in this update bringing it so into it. I launched and you could have told me that this was a mode in Fortnite, you know, like, and I would have, it, it would have worked. It would have fit in that instance. The way Fall Guys, for folks who like me, had been following the game at all, it is a game show where you are this cute little basic looking blobby thing, and you're trying to think Wipeout, that TV show Wipeout, where you're trying to get to the end of, a, of an objective while very bright, colorful you know, potentially balloon inflatable looking things are rotating, turning, trying to knock you off. Parts of the platform are disappearing. And th there are short levels that you have to progress through, like be one of the top 30 to the end or survive. Nine, what, nine people fall off. You move on to the next thing and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until there is a champion. Another <laughs> it's squid game, right? It's also very much squid game in video game form. Uh, IRL with, I think one of the games where I played, I was like, I don't know what came first, Squid Game's version of it, the Fall Guys version of it, but it was, oh, it was following a path. Like you had to highlight, there's only one path, mystery floor, follow the path to get to the end. I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this before. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's see how it ends for me in this instance. Um, the the bummers for me coming into it late and I, again, not following the game that closely when I downloaded it, I was super stoked to play it with my family on the couch. Like this would be my new Jackbox, you know, game of summer or like uh, 
just dance game of summer kind of thing. We get together and we play for 20, 30 minutes in the evening and there's no couch co-op. It is online only. So if my kids and I wanted to play, we'd have to, you know, all be on our switches or sitting in different rooms and consoles. And then Scott, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I feel like for how short the rounds are and how popcorny the game is, the time between each round as you progress through a level like that load is just a little too long, which mm-hmm. I realize I'm being nitpicky, but like I'm reaching for my phone. I'm doing, it's like, I, I it needs to be instant. Yeah. I it, completely it agree with not. this. Yeah, I was going to, this is one of the main f- things I was going to bring up or how you felt about it. And I really thought maybe it would be improved on, you know, these new consoles. They're definitely faster with the loading and that. And it seems like this is mostly a, a server slash, people load you know like we're waiting for everyone to be set up and and all of that and it's it's just a little too long compared to what you're actually doing right Um, you're totally right about that like it's it's manic and fun and also if you're good you're waiting even longer because you've you've passed and you're waiting for (laughs) 20 other people and so you're just sort of waiting um it's a that's a problem that they could probably optimize over time i would hope so anyway i also wish there was couch co-op and also the Switch version's weird because you're the only fully animated character on the Switch. Everyone else in your group or that you're fighting against, they're all like half the animation. It's really That's odd. funny. Yeah, kind of performance thing. It still plays fine and makes you look real good and everyone else looks stupid. But but uh, yeah, that game that game's cool. But there's these little things like that, like just timing feels, the pacing feels a little off. Yeah, it's a yeah. good way of putting it. But it's free, so check it out. And you know that that core gameplay loop is fun. It's easy to sit down and play, and and find yourself getting sucked in in a dumb way that you don't think you would, um, and having a good time with it. And then the other thing that I'll spend time talking about, which I've talked about a lot, I already talked about it once in this episode, is uh, Shredder's Revenge. My kids and I have been playing three player couch co op. <sighs> That's so what good. bones me out that Fall Guys doesn't have it. Yeah, it's so good and online the online implementation is great just being able to jump into somebody's game but the chaos that ensues when you are sitting in the same room with somebody and everybody's supers going off and it's your youngest kid who keeps getting the pizza <laughs> despite not needing it <laughs> and having them be like it just it, i just keep happening to be there papa and you're just like oh you jerk yeah. that is not are you playing it on xbox on game pass we are playing we're playing so on did xbox. you buy extra xbox controllers well, the beautiful thing of Xbox, now I sound like an advertisement, I have them because mm. Xbox One controllers work. Like uh, every uh, yeah. every Xbox controller, I think, ever works. So I needed to track down some batteries. Um, but yeah, so it's super easy to play. They just That's sync great. right up and, and we're down and playing. And the things that I had, it, it's funny because online, I did them, but never <clears throat> intentionally. So when you play Shredder's Revenge co-op, there are you know, teammate moves that are just fun little animation things that happen on screen. But then also you can revive your player. Um, and it's like they, when they get knocked out, there's a little pizza and the slices go away as the timer to count down. And you can run over and hit on Xbox left bumper, I think. And you sit down and you probably saw it in the little trailer and you hand them, a, you're holding a little piece of pizza in front of them, like kind of panting and they're like, <laughs> it's very cute. And then that revives them. But like in mini games, when you revive a teammate, there's that cool down time that it has to happen. And brawlers are often so chaotic that it's hard to find that window of like you not being hit to revive your teammate. But with three of us, it's like, okay, oldest kid, 
run cover. I got to, I got to revive youngest kid. I, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do this. Sorry, dad. No. You know, or like them, get, you didn't revive me fast enough. Dad, you need, you were on cover. I'm like, it's bebop. You can't cover bebop. Bebop's <laughs> going to bebop. And, and just those moments of playing on the couch and me playing with my kids, but I think playing with friends or whatever that it, it elevates the game in such a fantastic way. And we went, uh, you can kind of see it here. I have the mini Cade version of the old arcade games, Turtles games, and going back and forth and playing them. And I'm curious how much this cements it when Cowbunga Collection comes out. But Shredder's Revenge is such a nice evolution of that formula. We're playing these old arcade games again, just feel flat in a way that they don't have those nice tweaks to the combat and progression that Shredder's Revenge has. So I will keep recommending this game probably all the way through the end of the year, listeners. It's incredible. <laughs> I had totally forgotten that Xbox One controllers will work with uh, the the Xbox series. And uh, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I'm like, oh, I, I guess I can be playing it on the couch with my son. I, I'm going to introduce him to that game and, and I will report back, but I'm sure he's going to love all it. All he'll really be missing is... Um is video i guess video capture on the, the little button they use for video capture right. on the xbox series controllers that's it other than that they're almost identical yeah so they're my five-year-old's yeah. youtube channel will suffer but other than that <laughs> <laughs> and and they might actually like it better because they're they're you know you can pick but it's, it's a little smaller um yeah or can true. be yeah. uh which is, no, i'm gonna give him the nice... duke i'll get him the duke yeah, yeah the duke <laughs> get him a get him a saturn or no the knights controller for the saturn yeah that's what one you analog yeah. just the, the, you can the you can put a drink there. lunch and play on that thing it's fantastic <laughs> i think i have a it's steel a... battalion controller around here somewhere oh my god <laughs> um great so I want to tell you guys about uh, a game on my playlist called The Looker. Have either of you guys heard of this game? No. I, okay. I have, yeah. It is free to play. It is on uh, Steam. And it was recommended to me by a friend of the show, Danish Syed, uh, who said, uh, Jeff, download this game and just play it. And I did. Um, it took me about 90 minutes to play through the whole thing. Not a long game. Do it in a sitting. Uh, and... I am a huge fan of The Witness, Jonathan Blow's uh, puzzle masterpiece, I think. And The Looker is a parody video game of The Witness. I don't think many of these exist, you know? Yeah. The Looker is to The Witness as Spaceballs is to Star Wars. It is that kind of thing. It is a straight-up parody reference joke of hey you know this thing we're gonna do our version of this thing and make jokes along the way and kind of tease it and uh, and it is really a wonderful experience like i said it does not overstay its welcome there are some uh some nasty puzzles in it uh, a couple that i think are kind of unfair uh in fact but some great puzzles too so if you remember, The Witness is a game all about tracing a line uh, from one place to another, but then it just layers on all these wonderful additions to that formula. And The Looker does the same thing. You have the word start and the word end, or just S and E, and you have to connect them in order to do things, unlock different areas of this three-dimensional world that you're walking around in in first person. But the ways in which it starts layering that onto the environment and changing things up and fooling you. And along the way, you're also kind of unlocking little audio things, just like The Witness used to. But here, it's 
you know, quoting or misquoting famous people, you know, it'll, it'll say some ridiculous thing and it'll be like, and Einstein said that, you know, it's like, no, he didn't, but it's very <laughs> funny uh, and very worthwhile, uh, I think as an experience and the end is chef's kiss. It is, it's, uh, it gets a little, uh, maybe not for kids, but it is very, very funny. I thought the end was very funny and very brilliant. And uh, it like it all leads up to just a big joke, which is awesome. So I bring this up, A, because it's great, B, because it's free. And if you are a fan of The Witness at all or puzzle games in general, I think it's worth checking a, a look at The Looker. But also because I think there should be more games like this. There should be more satire parody games that are that are making fun i mean i know that there's been a few you know there have been joke games or like you know games that make fun of doom or whatever and there's been a lot of postal or serious sam or duke nukem kind of you know was none of those games is like a direct parody of one specific game you know and it's those are sort of like a joke in the style of these genre games but this is specifically taking one one game and saying, "Hey, we're going to make a joke. We're going to make our space balls, right? We're going to make the the parody of this thing." And I I want more of that. I think that's a great idea for video games. Is hey, direct knowledge of this thing, and we're going to do our Mad Magazine version of it. You know, that's interesting because the the game you're talking about, The Witness, is not you know it's a big game. But, you know, it still kind of sits in the indie side of things. Yeah. And so have an entire other game dedicated to being basically a parody of a an underknown game like mm. that is yeah. a real brave. It's a brave move, you know? Yeah. Like, I understand if somebody did like, hey, what if uh, we made fun of Halo? Cool. Our guy will have a green suit on, but he'll, you know. Yeah. He'll, his, his, uh, he'll, his mother will be Cortana or something, you know, some dumb idea like that. You don't ever see those. Right. But seeing this, you know dig down a little bit to to a game that gamers know about but isn't all that well known you know out in the general public is a really it's a really interesting idea yeah and it's clearly a labor of love like clearly (laughs) and i think this is basically made by one guy and it it's clearly somebody that really appreciates the witness like as much as it's making fun of it and joking around with the style and kind of rat you know razzing you can tell that they have an appreciation of the, the the witness right it's it's in the same way that you kind of feel like a lot of those parody movies are reverent you know they're they're it's a roast it's it's out of love you know and i think that's the case with the looker as well interesting i will have to check that out it's a, it's a good one i think you'll dig it um it's uh, i only had to ask danish for a hint one one time uh but and, and when he told me what the solution was for one puzzle i was like oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's all cheap but sure. uh but overall uh really fun the, the some of the puzzles are simple some of them are, are challenging and a lot of stuff in between and it's it's a fun like 90 minute to two hour experience uh probably can get in, in, in through it faster too if you're more clever than i am which is do you think people easy. should should play the witness first though like is this a requirement if they want to enjoy mean, this i think some knowledge of the witness is is going to be helpful for getting it but it's also like a pretty straightforward concept, right? The witness wasn't, it's a, it's a, everybody has done the, 
the you know diner uh, menu where you have to draw trace the maze. You know, everybody's done has an sure. idea of what tracing a line through a maze is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the looker it's on Steam for free for free. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Scott Johnson, it's always awesome to talk to you. Thank you for being here. It's been great. Yeah, it's been great being on, you guys. It's been way too long. I always yeah. enjoy hanging out with you guys. We've got a lot of crossover with some of my shows. People are like, oh, yeah, I listen to you and DLC. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Those guys are my friends. And it's just yeah. nice to have nice to have a, a community that sort of spans the two, you know? I agree. Good. I agree. It's a good company to be in, for sure. And yep. uh, speaking of which, how can folks uh, find your shows, uh, watch the things, do listen to the things, check out all the content you make? All the stuff. Um, well, the best way to do it, and if you're gamers and most of you listening to this probably are, that would make sense if you're listening to DLC. You'll probably really like uh, a couple of shows that I do. One uh, is called Play Retro, which I do on Mondays, which is all retro games all the time. And we cover everything from big stuff like uh, the entirety of the Mario run, where it started, where it ended, and how we're doing now, to simpler things like just a single game like Joust and why it was so important to me growing up. Mm. Uh, stories about growing up with arcades with my dad and that sort of thing. It's a it's a really fun show I do with my buddy Brian. You might like that. Or the show Core, which we record on, uh, record on Thursdays, which is uh, all things video games, big and small. Uh, if any of that sounds interesting, check it out. You can find all of this at frogpants.com. That includes all the artwork and the other stuff I do. And if you're trying to find me on Twitter, I'm easy to find there too. I'm at Scott Johnson. Thanks again for having me on, you guys. Absolutely our pleasure. Absolutely. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Man, I have a newsletter, but I don't know if I did a June one. June ate me alive, uh, folks. June June was a month. Um, but I, I write a newsletter. Uh, usually one or two a month about video games, and you can subscribe to it for free at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. That's where you can you can find that. And then I after the written one comes out, when I have the time to sit down and make the video version, I do a video version that is exclusive for patrons of this here very show, DLC, which you can find at patreon.com slash DLC pod alongside video versions of this very show. You can see me saying these words. As I say them uh, in a video on demand version of this, that now you're probably scrubbing ahead because I'm spending too long explaining to you what a video is. Uh, but the video version is fun. People like it. People really enjoy. Let me just say, not that this wasn't a great video version, but uh, Lana elevates the video version often with sight gags. Uh, you know, there's stuff, <laughs> there's stuff going on. I put the gameplay trailer, I have the uh, um, image of the game up when we're talking about it. So even as we try to mention it over and over again, the looker, this, that, and the other, as we talk about it in the video version, you can see what we're talking about. I even tears for me showed some of, uh, the Metroid fusion, Wii U eShop trailer as Scott was talking <laughs> about that. Why? Because it's impossible to play Metroid Fusion anyway. Yeah. Any way, yep. shape or form, unless you have the original cart, it is so difficult to play that incredible game. Um, yeah so you can find all of that at patreon.com slash dlc pod and hang out and then where i am online most of the time now i uh you can follow me on twitter at spicer but i'm uh, i'm taking a, a step back from twitter in a pretty uh happy mental place right now but over on dlc's discord come hang out with jeff and i in there and the cool folk there are some really fun conversations happening in there yeah. if you want to get at me that's probably the easiest way to do it uh right now yeah, really, really great. It's 5x5 DLC on the Discord. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, also, hey, I'm sporting, you can see on the video version, sporting our summer t-shirt. Very, very cool. You yeah. Can that and the logo, the new logo, the old logo. You can get mugs and t-shirts and hats. I think we do hats. Do we do hats? No hats yet. No hats yet. No hats. Chat of hats. Chat of hats. Chat of update. There'll be some updated stuff in the fall as well, but a lot of good stuff right now. That summer t-shirt. I love this summer uh, t-shirt. I love it so much. It fits really well. I love this logo. The uh, melting uh, SNES popsicle. It's great. JP you can Coover check that out. Art. It's great. At dlcswag.com. Thank you, courtesy of Jesse J. Anderson, who set that up for us. dlcswag.com. You can grab those. Uh, also, if you want to hear me talk about movies and TV shows, I do the film cast, uh, which and is sing a, a good function. songs, sing for real, actually put effort into singing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when, the, when you sing, the world sings along, Christian. That's my motto. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I also do uh, a comedy science show called We Have Concerns with Anthony Carboni. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. Uh, that's about it for now. But let's wrap the show up with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do, but it will depend on your stomach for weirdness. Um, <laughs> I highly recommend Phil Tippett's Mad God on Shudder, uh, a streaming service that does mostly horror movies. But this is a world-renowned stop-motion artist who has been doing stop-motion animation and, and effects work since Star Wars and uh, still does stuff today. And this is like a decade in the making. It is weird, gory, and I still not entirely sure what I watched, but Mad God on Shutter. If you are a person who likes art and wants to see something you've never seen before, uh, would highly recommend Mad God. That is for sure. Uh, yeah. I would not suggest eating while you watch it. No, no, no food. <laughs> um, you know, think about your significant others you bring with you just in case it's like yeah. if they were, it depends on their stomach for such things. But yeah. if you're like me and loved animation festivals growing up and couldn't get enough of weird art, this is going to be your jam. That's for sure. That is Mad God. It is on Shudder. And I also I believe AMC Plus as well. Yeah, I think it, uh, there is some theater stuff going on uh, as well. So yeah. there's there's ways to see it outside of just Shutter. But Shutter's like five bucks a month, seven day free trial. It's like an easy easy get. So. Like well, Spike and Mike's was yeah. that the old or uh, 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 the Sick and Twisted? It's more of the yep. Sick and yeah. Twisted. Yeah, yeah. more that yeah. is definitely more like that. <laughs> more Sick and Twisted <laughs> than anything else. Yeah, but it's really something and made my brain. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes the darker and weirder, the better it is for me because it's the most unlike real life. And uh, this is really an escape. It's it's very odd, but it is amazing. That. It is that. Yeah. Uh, Christian Spicer, what about you? What's your, what's your parting gift? Nothing odd here. This is very much in my wheelhouse of parting gifts. Um, Chief State is a band, a pop punk band out of Vancouver, I believe. Uh, I think their first album came out in 2020, if I if I remember correctly. Um, and their second album, Waiting for Your Colors, with the U and colors, the way so much of the world spells it. But not us, baby. Not on 4th of July, we don't. Get that U out of my colors. Those colors do run. Those colors, those colors run. These colors, they don't run. Um, Chief State is the band. It is a fantastic pop punk album called Waiting for Your Colors. And I believe it just came out maybe today. Maybe yesterday, but it is a hot drop here in 2022. Give it a listen. 
Very cool. Um, my parting gift is one I've mentioned before, but season two just premiered. And it is one of my favorite shows on TV. It is on Hulu. It is a show called Only Murders in the Building. Uh, it stars uh, Martin Short and Steve Martin, who are just amazing still, even in their, what, 70s now? Yeah. Um, and uh, season two starts off with a bang. Two episodes so far as of this recording. Uh, and this is a a show about podcasts. Never in my wildest dreams. Scott, when we started doing podcasts, <laughs> Hall of Fame podcaster Scott Johnson, when we started yeah. doing podcasts, could you imagine a show starring Steve Martin and Martin Short playing podcasters? No, no, I never pictured it. I've, I, who knew what the future would bring, but it wasn't that. Unbelievable. Anyway, it's, it's also very fun because it's also a murder mystery. Uh, season one was fantastic. I talked about it on the show before, how much I loved season one. But season two... Uh, kicks things off. Awesome new guest star Shirley MacLaine, who's 88 years old, is is in the, the show and like just incredible energy and amazing, incredible. Um, and Selena Gomez, who I think yes, had a tall great. task standing shoulder to shoulder with these comedic titans. And yes. I think oftentimes I have not seen any of season two, but in season one, like she steals scenes. She eats she's up great. screen time when she's on it, which is yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, very, very fun show. It's on Hulu, Only Murders in the Building. We also got a listener-suggested parting gift. This comes to us from Ed WK from the DLC Discord. Uh, Ed writes, um, I want to recommend a book for a parting gift, Crying in H-Mart by Michelle Zahner. Michelle Zahner, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Z-A-U-N-E-R, is known as the front woman slash singer slash songwriter for the band Japanese Breakfast, who recently mm -hmm. performed on the season finale of Saturday Night Live. Crying in H-Mart is her memoir that covers her background as a biracial Korean-American, her complicated relationship with her mother, her mother's passing from cancer, and her musical inspirations. The book is beautifully written, and I found it incredibly compelling and moving. I'm an Asian American. My mother is from Hong Kong. And I found myself relating to a lot of the experiences she described from her childhood. The book can be a bit difficult to read at times. And she does not shy away from her experience caring for a loved one with cancer. But I finished it with a greater appreciation for my own loved ones. Also, her music is fantastic. And I would strongly recommend Japanese Breakfast's most recent album, Jubilee, which was my favorite album of 2021. Thanks and have a wonderful week, Ed. Thank you, Ed. That is awesome. Again, that book is called Crying in H-Mart by Michelle Zahner. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send those. We appreciate them. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Scott Johnson and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star. Also, our theme song was created by White Cube, which is uh, Jason Sherry and T. Ryan Arnold. Uh, you can check out their albums wherever you get music as well. We also have to thank our top-tier patrons, our hype train patrons, which Christian is going to do right now. Okay, I'll be honest. Um, I'm shocked I haven't done this before. I need to thank our hype, hype train patrons. I've thanked them before, but we're on the hype train. So we got to hype it up a bit, you know? We got to train it up a little bit. It's always hype, but it's time to be train. 
It's time to be hype train. So can, <laughs> can I do this? Can I do this as uh, train stops? All aboard a hype train. We need to thank comedian Aaron Trahan. Next stop, choo-choo Curtis from Louisville. Grab your bags, Relentless Rex. All right, next stop, Michael S. How long am I going to do this for? Um, Kyle Starr, thank you. I mean, Kyle Starr. That doesn't even sound like a, a, a train conductor. and I don't even know what it was. Riley Knox. Rob Rixman. Or does it need to be more like, boom? The next person I need to thank is Hank Patton. Boom! Cheesy Bob. Here to thank you. Grab your bags, because we need to thank Victor Valenzuela. Or is it more, Matt Bradley, this is Matt Bradley, Jeff Luckzak, this is Jeff Luckzak. We'll be here for five minutes before we move ahead to next stop, Mitchell Ness. Next stop, Mitchell Ness. Or is it not quite, is it, is it like even, you know, like more bored? Is it like, uh, Jimmy Radcliffe, we are approaching Jimmy Radcliffe. We are approaching Scott Hughes. We will be refueling at Scott Hughes before we depart for Jenny. After Jenny, we will be at Nate. Feel free to get out and stretch your legs before we depart toward our final destination, Zachary White. Is that, is, I mean, I, I ride trains, I guess usually light rail, but I've done some Amtrak. I don't even know what the, Yuck! This is Yuck Station. Soren Silk, Soren Silk Station. I don't think I think it's just someone's voice, right? I think it's just like Travis. We're at Travis. We are approaching Jackson. Jackson Station coming up. Michael Stadler. If you look out your window now, you'll notice that we're at uh, Nick Strauss Klein. That's Nick Strauss Klein. Feel free to get out. We got a cafe, or uh, you know, stay a while as we enter Josh Peak. We can, uh, you know, stretch your legs, leave your bags. Your seat is reserved for you as we go to Tyler Wigert. I don't know what, okay, I'm going to, I need to ride across a train, cross country. Someone in the Northeast who trains more often, right? I don't even know, like Japanese bullet train. Do you even have timers? It's like, Jason Novak, and you got to run off. I spent two weeks in Japan, but I don't remember. Octavian Ratsu, just go. You got to go. Do not hold the doors open. The doors are closing for Christian Bravery. Our next stop, Christian Bravery. Please do not block the doors as we approach Jad. Move out of the way to let people off the train so that we can get more people on as we get ready to roll toward Peter Olberg. Ladies and gentlemen, please save the seats reserved for uh, the elderly in the front as we get ready to move ahead toward Michael Buck. Mike Lombardo, grab your bags. We are here at Mike Lombardo. Stay a while. They have a great uh, park. I don't know what... A park? Yeah, you take the train to go to the park, which is uh, what you would do, I think, uh, as you depart for the Spice Man Silencer. Maybe you want to visit the beautiful Capitol here, the Capitol building here at uh, downtown Albert Verhel de Dios uh, in the downtown district where you can do all of your shopping and make sure you stop by Jonathan, Spice Man Forever, Shep Lafleur. You want to hang out and spend your time there as we get ready. 
I think I want to put more like I want to put more like I, that's Southern Stu Goss. That's not that's not trained. There's nothing trained about that. Um, Kevin Brazel. I don't. Why would I don't think it's an announcer. I don't think it's like. And the next stop will be bad. I don't think that's it. I don't think it is. But uh, I mean, I'm in it now. You know, Dan Palm, Dan Palmino. I'm in it, right? Like we are in the city of Dan Palmino. This is your stop. You're going to get off the train as we move next through the mountains into Malcolm King, where they have a wonderful winery and incredible fresh cheese. As we embark here on this uh, Napa train. Uh, and we go to Mark Gowland uh, Creameries, which is a delicious place. And if you want to rest your weary head, you know, you can always take the train back in the morning uh, here at Jonathan Putney Reserves. They have a wonderful, uh, I don't think that, I don't think they sell, I don't think they sell it. It's just like, Will with one L. Harris. This is Will with one L. Harris. Next stop, Chris Zacharias. Like that feels honest to me now. Jonathan Talbert. This is Jonathan Talbert. Our next stop will be Scooby Diesel, followed by Adam Denby. Our final stop of this train today is Sasan. Like that, that feels authentic to me, right? Clear the doors. Doors are closing. Dan Flanagan, next stop, Dan Flanagan. Anthony Goulas, we are here. And Anthony Goulas, please watch the doors. The train is departing. Andy Joyce, next. Matt Valdez. This is Matt Valdez. John Cisco, end of the line. End of the line, John Cisco. End of the that that felt pretty good to me, right? Hype train, hype 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 train. Thank you. All right, that's it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great holiday. Until we speak again, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. <laughs>